What a privilege it is to be with God's people in God's house. So glad for all of you that are here tonight. Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30. I sought for a man among you or among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land. The gap was between God and the land. He said, I sought for a man that would make up the hedge and stand in the gap for this purpose, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. I want to speak for a few moments in your hearing tonight on this subject, gap dwellers. We're just gap dwellers. We're just dwelling in the gap. But oh, I want the Lord to be able to look down on East Wind Pentecostal Church tonight and find some men and some women and some boys and some girls that can stand in the gap and say, I'm going to bless the Lord anyhow. I'm going to stand in the gap and lift up my hands anyhow. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, all over this place, would you pray one more time? In the name of Jesus, give us clarity, give us understanding, give us wisdom tonight, oh God. Give us courage to glorify you, to worship you without fear or favor. In the name of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, God bless you, you may be seated. Thank you for standing. There is a gap that is created between God and man when sin enters the picture. God did not create us for there to be a gap. But a gap came nonetheless. We were created to be in fellowship with God. But sin caused a separation. It caused a gap. Not a separation that's the result of God being upset or creating the distance himself, but rather a separation that happens automatically between holiness and iniquity. Those two things, like oil and water, cannot coexist. Like opposite ends of a magnet, they they push away. The sinful acts of man separates from the holy nature of God. And when that gap is created, God looks for a bridge. Because his desire is to be in close fellowship with his creation. So to try to bridge that gap, he looks for a man. He looks for an individual. He looks for somebody, if just one body, that'll stand in the gap. He looks for at least one young person that can stand for righteousness in a public school or or one young person that can stand for God on a college campus. When everybody's going the opposite direction, somebody is going to stand in the gap and say, I'm going to bless the Lord anyhow. 
He's looking for somebody that'll stand in the gap at Publix. Somebody that'll stand in the gap at Northrop Grumman. Somebody that can stand in the gap at Harris. Somebody that can stand in the gap at Walmart. Somebody that can stand in the gap at Walgreens. Somebody that can stand in the gap on your job. Somebody that can say, I am a child of God and I'm not ashamed to be a gap dweller. I was put here for the purpose to say, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He looks for those individuals. He looked for a righteous man to stand in the gap. A man that is righteous in his free will can stand in the gap. He is man, but because he is righteous, he can man the gap. The gap created by sin, but a God-fearing, Holy Ghost-filled worshiper can stand in the middle of that gap and bring together humanity and deity. This is an important place to be because it can preserve mankind. You don't think it's important that you're serving God. Some of you are serving God in families that don't walk with God. Some of you are in households of bitterness and despair. And yet you got up and got ready tonight and came to church and got your kids ready and brought them to church today for Sunday school or tonight for evening worship. You said, I'm going to bless the Lord anyhow. I'm going to be faithful to the house of God anyhow. Some of you had adversity to even get everything together to get here. But you said, I'm going to go anyhow. You're standing in the gap. Your life is preaching a message. Hallelujah. And I've come to tell you that one day it's going to be worth it all. I said one day it's going to be worth it all. Your family sees the example that you have set. Hallelujah. Your children know that you walk in righteousness. Uh, it is obvious, hallelujah, that you're not doing this for your own good. Uh, but you said, I just feel something in my spirit. Uh, I got to stand for righteousness. I got to stand for glory. I got to stand for being a worshiper. I got to stand for faithfulness. I got to stand for submission. I got to stand for obedience. Uh, I got to bless the Lord with the faithfulness of my life. This gap dwelling is an interesting study because it has in its nature preservation. Much like Noah found grace in the eyes of God because he was a righteous man and he stood in the gap. This gap dwelling, if I can say it that way, preserved mankind. He, he looked at the sins of humanity at that time and and a righteous God and the way that the culture was going and realized that he needed to hit the reset button. There was a gap that was so big and so wide that it could not be bridged with just the ordinary run-of-the-mill waiting on humanity to repent. It was too far spread. But Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Wait just a second. I see a man that's trying to live right. He's not perfect. He's made mistakes, but he's trying to live right. Oh, my friend, you just got to keep on trying to live right. You may not have a perfect day, but you just keep on keeping on. I said you just keep on keeping on. 
I was talking to a friend today and they said, it seemed like all my life I've been battling overweight. I said, that's why you're winning because you're still battling. You're still working at it. It's the same way with serving God. You may say, all my life I feel like I've been battling sin, but you're still here. You're still in the house of God. You may have been beat up. You may have been bruised and you may be scarred, but bless God, you're still dwelling in the gap. I've not made it to the other side yet, but thank God I'm in the gap. This gap dwelling can preserve a people, a culture, a society. It's not going to always be obvious to people around us. But the best thing that Palm Bay and Melbourne has going for it is this church. I tell them that all the time. I say, that's why y'all need to take care of us. That's why you need to put a light for us right out here. Why you need to exempt us from impact fees. When we were trying to stand in the gap for Pastor Joel Urshan in the Tree of Life Church in Cincinnati, Ohio, they didn't want him to build and people in the neighborhood had all gotten together and a big shot attorney down in Cincinnati had rallied everybody and the advice that Brother Urshan had gotten was just buy land somewhere else because there's no way you'll be able to beat back this thing. It's we know who's in charge of it. It's too big. It's too strong. They said, there's nothing you can do about it. Oh, but God. Oh, but God. They finally had the big meeting. They were going to make the decision. Brother Urshan asked me if I could help him. I flew up there a couple of times. We met with different people in the city and so forth. But when it finally came down to it, I had to make a presentation for the church and this attorney was making a presentation for the other side and, and uh, she began to state how that this church should not be granted the right to build a bigger church. And she listed a number of objections, but her main was that they don't pay taxes to the city. I said, the very fact that you made that statement and it is in the record is problematic for you. I said, because you can't measure what this church does by the tax rolls of this city. Do you understand by having this church in this city, it keeps people out of the drug rehab centers. It keeps people out of the welfare rolls. The best thing going for this city is Tree of Life Church. And I said, there's a reason why this country, it wasn't just some sort of a of a welfare that they said churches don't have to pay taxes, uh, property taxes in America. It was because when this country was founded, they recognized the value of a church in a community. 
And the world wants to measure everything now in dollars and cents. But you can't measure what God does in dollars and cents. I come to tell you how you want to measure what God does when He saves somebody out of sin and restores their mind and removes their thinking. See, you don't have to take it from me. But here's all these people. They had a, a whole high school gymnasium full of, and each one of them, they said, we'll give them three minutes apiece. And each one of them got up and started talking about where they were at and what God had done for them through this church. And where they were at. And they got up and you could feel the Holy Ghost fill that room. And this one got up and said, if it hadn't have been for this church, I'd have taken my life years ago. If it hadn't have been for this church, I would have died a drug over. If it hadn't have been for this church, one after another after another of the gap dwellers got up and testified. And by the time it was all said and done, there was no way any of them could vote against Tree of Life Church. And now they have already broke ground and that church is being built and God is going to bless uh, that campus on that interstate uh, in the city of Cincinnati. You know why? Because there were some people that stood in the gap. It's not always a popular place to stand in the gap. You may not have people come up and thank you for standing in the gap. But I'm here to tell you, you are preserving this world. You are the salt of the earth. And there is preservation in the church. Gap dwellers. Moses stood in the gap between the sins of the children of Israel and the God of Israel. He was a gap dweller because of his relationship with God. He could intercede for the people and God would hear his voice. Abraham was a, was a gap dweller. He went to God to stand in the gap between God and the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. He even negotiated with God until he did not think that he could push him any further. If there be 40 righteous, would you spare? Yes. If there be 30... If there be 20, finally he got down to 10. He was afraid to push it any further. If there be 10 righteous people in the city, will you spare it? Yes. If there be 10 righteous, will you spare it? Yes. You know what Abraham was counting on? Abraham was counting on Lot to have at least one his family. Because when you read Genesis 19, he had at least 10 people in his family. He had sons, which is two, more than one, plural. He had two daughters that were not married that were virgins. And then he had two other daughters that were married to two sons-in-law and Mr. and Mrs. Lot. That's 10 people. The cities in Sodom and Gomorrah is never going to thank Lot. He got involved in the city council. He was one that sat at the gate and welcomed people. He was one of the city, civic, lead, civic leaders of the city. And he was one that tried to go along and get along. Even though iniquity was running rampant through the, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And the city's not going to thank you for living righteously. But if he would have just won his family, the entire place would have been saved. I'm going to tell you the greatest thing you can do is to just live a righteous life. I said there's going to be an overflow from that if you just live a righteous life. You see, all that area would have been saved if Lot would have just won his family to the Lord. Oh, my friend, if Lot would have just stood in the gap, but no, instead, he wanted to go and fellowship on the other side. I've come to tell you, you've not wasted one day that you stood in the gap. You've not wasted one moment when you could have been doing something else, but you said to your family, we're going to have 
have a Bible study tonight. We're going to have a devotion. We're going to go to church. We're going to bless the Lord anyhow. We're going to gather around and watch the service online. Whatever it takes. You were in the gap. To the point where when the angels had to come and wake up Lot and his family to get him out of Dodge, he couldn't even set his own alarm clock. Let's go! He tried to rally his family. They said he was his one that beateth the air. He had no credibility because he had not dwelled in the gap. If he had, not only would his family have been saved, but the city would have been saved. There were five cities in that valley. And Sodom and Gomorrah were the two main cities. It would have been preserved if he would have stood in the gap. Abraham was counting on it. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I think back about all the people in the Bible and after the Bible that have stood in the gap so that you and I would have this great truth today in 2021. They're counting on us. The righteous are counting on us. They're counting on us to stay in the gap. To dwell in the gap. I, I, I wanted it to, I wanted to use the word dwell because gap is not something you just step in and step out of. You got to say, I'm going to stay in the gap. I'm going to dwell in the gap. I'm not going to just move in and out based upon the seasons of what's popular and what's not popular. No, I made up my mind. If nobody else serves God but me, I'm going to bless the Lord anyhow. I'm going to serve God the best I can. If it would have just been ten righteous. If it would have just been his family. You don't even have to have a church lot. Just win your family. And the city would be preserved. Abraham negotiated. He stood in the gap. But there was not ten righteous to spare the city. And so they got Lot, his wife, his two single daughters, they headed out. And as they got out, the angels had told him, the Lord said to go to the mountain. He said, I don't want to go to the mountain. I don't think I can dwell in the mountain. I'm not a mountain man. What if I go to Zoar? It's a close city. It's well watered. It's got lots of palm trees. The Lord let him go to Zoar. But guess what? It was in Zoar where his wife turned around and looked back. When she turned around and looked back, the Bible says she turned into a pillar of salt. Seems to be some irony in that. We needed you to be a salt in your life but because you couldn't be a salt a preservation a gap dweller we're going to make you a pillar of salt in your death oh she wanted to look back he said when you leave don't look back but when she got to Zor she felt safe she had a false sense of security but the problem was it wasn't Sodom and Gomorrah it wasn't as wicked as those cities. We know because God didn't destroy Zor. But it wasn't where God had called them to go. You can't stop halfway in this. And when she turned around, her heart still back inside him. 
And she turns into a pillar of salt. We are reminded that there's a whole bunch of people living in Zor today. They say, thank God I'm not as bad as that guy. Thank God I'm not as wicked as that one. But are you on the mountaintop yet? Has God taken you to the place where He's called you to go? Have you, have you made the journey? Or are you still just trying to stay close by where God delivered you from? Because if anybody in this place had ever been delivered or set free or declared innocent or acquitted or whatever, but you were freed from a jail cell. You don't buy a condo right next door to it. You get as far away as you can. She was still looking back. Her heart's still back there. Because she hadn't been a gap dweller. She had gone along. She had learned to live and let live. She had fully embraced the doctrine of tolerance. You feel that pressure every day. Come on, you got to learn how to be tolerant. No, I don't. I'm a gap dweller. God didn't call me to be tolerant. God called me to be a preacher of righteousness. God called you to be a persuader. God called you to be a worshiper. God called you to be a declarer, a teacher, a soldier of righteousness. Because while the wicked die in Sodom, the righteous die in Zor. The righteous feeling like they're okay because of where they're at and judging where they are based upon people that are worse than themselves. But I'm here to tell you, until you stand in the gap, until you make up the hedge, until you become what God called you to be, you're not safe. You're not safe. You're not safe. So then we get to Ezekiel. Once again, the children of Israel have backslid. God tells his prophet that at this point of utter separation between God and his people. He looked for someone to stand in the gap, but he could not find anyone. He loved them so much. He looked. He searched. Is there anybody? Is there a single person? Anybody that can stand in the gap? As the land pulls further and further, as the culture, as the country, as the children of it pull further and further away from God, and, and the gap gets wider and wider, God begins to look for somebody that can stand in the gap. He looked for a mediator. Mediators are gap dwellers. When there's a dispute, you, you have to mediate. When I was in law school, I had to go through training to be a mediator. And they, they put us down there in Orange County. And, and day after day, we mediate. People come in there mad at each other. Landlord and tenant and husband and wife. And, and everybody you can think of, whatever. They, they got a gap. They got a gap, 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 gap. And you got to try to mediate. And caucus and one and the other. And what about this? And move and phone. And you're in the middle. You're a, a mediator. The, the quest for gap dwellers did not end with what he looked for with Ezekiel. The Bible says that there is one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. Because God could not find a man to stand in the gap. He became that man. He became that man. 
This is what I'm talking about this morning because of the infant nature of the God that we served. He can be the Almighty God, and yet He can step into the role of a mediator and mediate between you and Himself. He is a God that can mediate between you and the mighty God. He became that mediator. He became that one that would robe Himself in flesh. He became that bridge. He became that one through the mercy of God that would make a drawbridge, as it were, that would cross over the moat and allow you and I to come into His presence. He had to bridge that gap between sin and holiness, so He became that Lamb, that spotless Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world to bridge the gap so that we could find our way into His presence. Because under the law, if you sin, you died. That was it. It was a death sentence. And the gap widened. And Jesus came to bridge that gap. He came in a humble fashion. He lived a short life on this earth. And in the end, He became the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. But in so doing, He bridged the gap. The gap that had kept people out of the Holy of Holies. You can't come. You can only come that far, but no further. The gap that was created. The gap that was created by formal religion. That kept people at arm's length. Oh my friend, it didn't just stop there. It continued on when you read the post-apostolic fathers and the conversion of Constantine and the establishment of the Universalist Church and all that took place as there was this uh, entrenching, as it were, of, of this professional uh, religious application of, of being that one that somehow would somehow have to go to God for you, that you couldn't go for yourself. That, that was wrong because he had, he had already bridged the gap. It's still wrong. You can know God for yourself. And they wouldn't allow the people to know. They even put the Bible in their language. And, and even the masses were in Latin. And people came and they didn't know. They had to hope that somebody could intercede for them. And go in a little confessional booth. And, and all of these different things. But if you go back and you look what happened at Calvary. Whenever he gave up the ghost. The Bible said there was that that ripping of that curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple. And it opened wide, saying all of humanity can come now into the presence of God. Woo, hallelujah. You don't want to live in a gap that creates separation from you and God. You want to dwell in the gap that allows you to reach for man and still be able to connect with God. And Jesus became that bridge. And they tried to draw the bridge back up again. And put people away. But oh, when they got the Bible in their own language. Through the Wittenberg Press. And, the, and, and all that happened through the Reformation period. Uh, people begin to see the just shall live by faith. Oh, there is hope. Where I didn't think there's any hope. Because God has become that bridge. And so now man begin to learn. Uh, all throughout the last 400 years. That uh, we can come boldly into the throne room of grace. 
Just like when we were just singing and we were in the presence of God, it wasn't by accident that we were able to feel God. Why? Because the curtain has been opened wide and the veil is torn and we go into His presence and we dwell in that special place. And the glorious thing about what took place at Calvary is not just because it was a one-time experience, but because Jesus Christ is a gap dweller. He's still in that gap. He's still that bridge. The Bible said He makes intercession for us. He abides there. He stays there. Even whenever we stray, He's still in the gap. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come on, I got a place for you. Ladies and gentlemen, as long as he's in the gap, we have hope. Man is still able to be redeemed. I'm thankful that he dwells there. He's still there. There's a preservation. There's a power that comes uh, from staying in that position of protection. We have watched uh, with horror this, this past week the pictures of people in Afghanistan hanging on to the outside of a, of a U.S. military transport plane as long as they could as the plane took off. And they're hanging on to the outside of the plane. And the plane is taking off and climbing and getting higher higher in the air. And people are dropping off of the bottom of the plane. The American forces that had stayed in the gap for 20 years, that had stayed in the gap between the Taliban and the free world. Once they were pulled out of there, it appears that all hope is gone and they are overrun. And then whenever you and I look at that situation and we realize that the chaos broke out because the gap dwellers left their post, the gap dwellers were called back home and the Taliban began to run free. There was nothing holding them back now. There was nothing nothing stopping their advancement it only took a few days and they took over and I heard some people in Washington say it surprised us that it only took a few days for the Taliban to take over well ladies and gentlemen it's the same way with sin it doesn't take but just a couple of minutes for sin to take back over that's why you got to be faithful in the house of God. That's why you got to keep on worshiping. That's why you got to keep on doing the right thing. Because I'm staying in the gap. I'm not going to let sin come into this house. I'm not going to let sin come into this mind. I'm not going to let sin come into this church. Somebody's got to stay in the gap. And preserve the Holy Spirit of God. Thank God for men and women that keep on worshiping God in this house. You're standing in the gap. So that when we come into the presence of God. And when we come together in this place. We're not just coming to go through some ritual. We feel God when we gather here. Because there's prayer warriors. That are standing in the gap and saying not yet. Not yet. Come on, apostolic Pentecostals. Where's the gap dwellers that'll stand in the gap and say, Not yet. Not on my watch. Not now. Not here. I'm staying in the gap. I'm going to do what I can to defend my home. I'm going to do what I can to defend my church. Mm. Jesus. Jesus. 
Jesus. Jesus. I got more to preach, but I'm feeling the move of the Holy Ghost. I want you to stand. Jesus. Jesus. Maybe I'll just come with an encouraging word for you tonight. Keep on dwelling in the gap. Keep on minding the gap. Keep on keeping on. Make up the hedge. Don't be afraid to declare the glory of God. Don't be afraid to say, I can't participate in those parties. I can't participate in those conversations that exploit iniquity and ridicule righteousness. I can't be there. I can't go there. Why? Because I'm preserving this earth for another day. i got to stand in the gap. I've come to tell you that your role is not insignificant. It is important. It is powerful. It is preserving this world. Oh, when I think of the goodness of Jesus. Come on, I need some gap dwellers tonight. I'm not going to let sin take over. I'm not going to abandon my post. Jesus I look across this altar and I see gap dwellers I see people that are standing down in this altar it's not that you've not ever had any problems you've had problems it's not that you've never had any sickness you've had sickness it's not that you've ever wondered where your next paycheck was coming from you've had low times you've had struggles and pain but you're still here because you found there was a God that was with you in the gap there was a God that was with you when you didn't know where to go or where to turn God was faithful <laughs> Somebody's got to stand in the gap with your worship. Somebody's got to bless the Lord anyhow. see when Jesus comes back he's coming back and he's looking uh, if he can still find faith on the earth uh, that's why us gap dwellers we gotta keep on believing when we don't see the physical evidence uh, of what we're looking for we still keep on believing we still keep on believing because God wants to know is there anybody that still got faith uh, that still believes I believe he's going to make a way. I believe God's going to keep it. 
Rakota Robosata. Tihakota Robosata. Iandara Lobosita. Alabokota Robosata. I want you apostolic gap dwellers right now for the next few minutes I want you to lift up your hands and your voice uh, and I wonder if you would mind the gap with the worship of your mouth uh, and the worship of your heart right now come on all across this building don't just think it, say it don't just think it, declare it. You are the mighty God. Come on, I'm going to mind the gap with my worship. I'm going to dwell in a place of worship. I'm going to dwell in a place of joy.
her doors fling wide I see glory as I run inside the throne room Yes, Lord, before you What we do, we I bow
I wonder right now, there's such a, a value to being a part of the family of God. And a lot of times when you're going through things, you don't, you don't voice it, you don't tell others. But I wonder right now if we could link up with somebody all across this building, pray for one another right now. Sometimes you just need a brother or sister that can stand in the gap for you. You don't have to go into detail, just pray one for another right now. I wonder if there'd be some people that would begin to intercede. Pray for one another right now. Come on, I can stand in the gap for you. I don't know what you're going through, but I can stand in the gap for you. I can intercede for you. You're not by yourself. You're part of the body of Christ. Come on, you got somebody that'll pray for you.
Thank you.